Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair, Black Heart. So this past weekend, Matt and I went to New Mexico. Um, my oldest niece plays soccer for New Mexico State, so we went out to watch her play in two games. Um, and I've got to say, Las Cruces, New Mexico is a weird little town. But we were super excited to go. Uh, she she started college in 2020, um, so like right at co- like the beginning of COVID, and. We've been out to visit her. We like went out earlier this year for like a soccer banquet, but in the now almost three years that she's been going there, we've never seen her play a game, which is horrible of us. So fuck us. Um, so we, we've been planning this whole trip with our family. My parents went, uh, my sister and her husband was there, my aunt and uncle came and visited, and um, we we rented an Airbnb in Las Cruces and we went out. So uh, one of the nights... Well, first of all, I think that me and my husband are, like, very bad luck when it comes to family visits. So we get there, and we both took Friday off work, and we—and, like, for for me, it was— the the end of the quarter I like really should have been working I I needed to like get some stuff done but I took the day off and we went to New Mexico and when we got there we found out that my niece had hurt her knee like a couple days before and no one had told us so she wasn't even able to play in any games over the weekend so we were we were there but like not not for the reason that we were supposed to be there um and like while it was great to to see my family and get to spend a weekend in an Airbnb with them, we all live in the same place here in Arizona. So like I see them all the time. Like the only person that we we don't see was my niece and um she I mean she's in college. She was with her friends most of the time. We saw her like twice. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Um so we're there. We're like, well, I guess we have to find other stuff to do. So one of the nights we went out to dinner with my my whole family and the food starts coming to the table and is being, you know, dropped off by the servers. We're at this Mexican restaurant. And like all of a sudden, I just feel that like my hands are being grabbed and I look down and my aunt and my uncle are essentially like leading a prayer before we eat. Um and I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I like it it made me really uncomfortable. I've got to say, it made me really really uncomfortable. I personally am like not a super religious person at all. Um so it just felt like I was being like forced into this ideology that like I don't believe in and like yes it's harmless yes we were just saying like you know thank you lord jesus for this food we're about to eat and blah 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 and like I guess at the very basic level like saying thank you for for your food isn't a bad thing um but being someone from the LGBTQ community, being someone who is constantly hearing that, like, m- me and my group are are trying to shove our belief system and our lifestyle down everyone's throats, you know, it's just like, it just felt really weird that there's just this expectation when it comes to, you know, specifically Christianity that, like, yeah, if you're around a Christian, like, you're going to pray. If they want to pray, you're going to pray. Um, and it wasn't a question. It wasn't like, hey, do you guys mind if we say grace? Um, and here's the thing. I respect everyone's religious beliefs. I respect their right to pray over their food. Like, that is totally fine. But then you guys just 
prey over your food. Like it was again, it was just the expectation with no questions asked that like everyone around the table is is going to do this, is going to subscribe to our belief system. Um like I would never say, you know, like hey everyone, before we eat, we've got to say a gay prayer. Like I'm not be like we got to pray to Brittany, you know? Um nor do I think anyone else besides a Christian could really get away with that. You know, I I think if like I was sitting at the table with you know, someone who was like, let's pray to Allah. Like, I, you know, I'm sure my aunt and uncle would say no. You know, I'm sure they'd be like, I'm sorry, we we are not going to do that. So it was just interesting to me that they, uh, you know, like I said, they assumed um, that everyone was going to do this and it was just a no questions asked kind of thing. Um, and like I said, I'm not religious now at all, really. But that said, uh, despite the fact that my aunt and uncle are Christian, like, Growing up, I was raised Jewish. Like, I was bar mitzvah. My aunt and uncle were there. So, if anything, it wasn't even a question of, like, well, we don't know what they believe in. Like, they know that we don't pray to Jesus. And they still, you know, insisted that that, that be done. Um, it was also just weird because, you know, my husband and I, after the fact, were like, oh, that was odd. Um, but then we were like, well, at lunch earlier today, we didn't they didn't make us say grace. And then like the next morning we went out to breakfast and they didn't make us say grace. So I'm wondering, I'm like, I'm confused across the board. Is it like, is it just a dinner thing? If anyone knows or like can explain that, let me know. Um, cause it was, I don't know. It was just weird. And then it was also like embarrassing. Um, I just felt like weird being that person like in the middle of a, a restaurant, like grabbing hands and, and I don't know. I just, I, I don't typically side with Jen Shah, but she one time said that all religions are cults. And like, I, I very much felt like I was, uh, in the middle of like a cult ceremony at this Mexican restaurant. It, it was bizarre. Um, the worst part about all of this, though, like, not the fact that I was forced into a religion that I don't believe in. Not that. Uh, not the fact that I was, like, embarrassed in front of a room full of strangers. You know, not that. The worst part of all of this is that, you know, my aunt and uncle are, are saying grace over everyone's food. We're all holding hands, saying grace, blessing the food in front of us. Everyone's food was on the table, except mine. The waitress was standing behind me, holding my fucking burrito the whole time. Didn't set it down until after we prayed. So, I I guess me and my burrito are going to hell. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I did a Q&A on the podcast. I asked you guys to send me your questions via social media, and I answered them, and I got such a great response from you guys, and it was so fun. Uh, so I decided to do this pretty regularly. I'm going to do it maybe not every week, but I don't know, every other week, once a month. We'll see. Um, but I, I'm going to do these Q&As. So I asked you guys again to send me all of your questions, and I said that they could be housewives related, or they could be completely personal. Um, so just like last time, I have not prepared answers to these questions. A lot of them I haven't even read yet. Uh, so I'm just going to go through and we'll see what happens. Okay. Do you think it would be a wise move for Bravo to bring Kim Richards back to have a Kim and Kathy versus Rinna season? 
Uh, 100,000 million percent. Absolutely, yes. I think it would be a genius idea to bring Kim back. Um, but I've been saying that for years, even even prior to uh, the Kathy Hilton and Lisa Rinna stuff. Um, now, with all of this shit going on, yeah, get, get Kim back there, um, get Vanderpump back there, get Yolanda back there, get fucking Eden Sassoon back there, get them all. And like, let's get rid of Lisa Rinna once and for all and in the right way. Like, I don't want us to get to a point where she just walks away on her own accord. And at this point, like, I think that that's what would happen. I want her to be run out of town. I want her to be scared off of this show because that's what she's done to so many of the other women. And, uh, frankly, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the same old, like, bring on someone that's been Rinna's friend for three decades and then watch her completely terrorize them. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't spark joy for me anymore. Okay. Someone asks, what is your ultimate favorite housewives quote? Um, gosh, this is tough. So like my favorite delivery of a housewives line is Heather Dubrow's we're done, please leave because it like, sent chills down my spine. Um, and we see so many like screaming banshee housewives moments. So when you get that like icy chill, ugh, so good. But the, the line that I find myself saying all the time is pay attention, please, a la Danielle Staub. And the other one, um, Anytime anyone ever says, I see you, I always say back to them, we see each other. And they like usually don't ever get it, but I never miss a beat. Okay, someone says, from your Leslie Bedore IG video recently, do you really think the judge is a fan of Shannon? Um, okay, so if you haven't, if you don't know what they're talking about, go watch. Uh, on my Instagram, I posted a reel uh, last week where I and pretending to be Leslie Bedore, just like talking through all of her uh, David divorce drama. And I made a joke about how the judge who was giving like, you know, conflicting information or whatever was a fan of Shannon's. Um, no, I, I legit pulled that out of my rectum, um, as I do with the majority of the things that I post online. So uh, follow me knowingly. Okay, my dear friend Jenny from Bravo and Blaze says, why aren't you going to BravoCon and will you watch the live show the evening before? Um, and by live show, she means the Bravo and Blaze Speakeasy and Be Cool live streaming event. Uh, so to answer your question, my sweet, sweet Jennifer, um, I'm not going to BravoCon because I am not like part of the Debro lineage. Like I can't afford it. I'm a normal fucking working class human being. And... I live on the West Coast, so just, like, to, to get across the country and then get a hotel and then, you know, spend a grand on a three-day pass to BravoCon. Like, yes, will I have such bad FOMO that, like, my husband might need to put me on a 5150 hold for my own safety the weekend of BravoCon? Like, yes, 100%. Absolutely. Um, I'm already thinking of like how I'm going to kill myself, but it, it just couldn't happen. Um, I couldn't like take out a second mortgage on my house to, to go to BravoCon. My husband wouldn't let me. Um, and then to answer your second question, of course, I will be watching the live, uh, live podcast event, Bravo and Blaze. If you guys aren't a fan of Jenny Blaze from Bravo and Blaze, 
I, like, what are you doing? I, I'm not going to say turn off this podcast and go listen to hers, but like when mine's over, then go listen to it. But 100% for sure, October 13th, uh, I think it's like, I think it's 7 p.m. Um, Eastern time. She's doing a live podcast recording. Uh, she's going to have a lot of really special guests. And basically, she is one of the best people. So if you are going to be at BravoCon, check it out. Go in person. If you're not going to be at BravoCon, um, if you're not slitting your wrists, tune in. All right. Someone says, what are your true thoughts on Rinna? And is there anything she could do to redeem herself with fans and her fellow cast members, past and present, including Denise and Kim Richards? Okay, here's my thought on Rinna. I think she is highly entertaining. I, like her first season, I really enjoyed her. I thought that her dynamic with Vanderpump when they were friends was really fun. Um, she just has become a caricature of herself. She has become a caricature of a housewife and she knows it. She she'll she drops these little nuggets like in her social media videos or her comments where she she basically admits that she's playing a part and that she's doing all of this to get us riled up and she loves to fuck with the the other wives and she loves to fuck with the audience and like to me that's not fun because what this show is supposed to be at its core is reality. It's supposed to be a, a true depiction of a group of friends in whatever demographic the show is set. Um, and now we know that she is 100% playing a part, playing a character, pulling strings behind the cameras, plotting and um, conniving. And I just, the only thing that I think Rena could do is like to truly, truly lift the veil, pull off the mask, you know, wh whatever you want to call it, but like get back to basics and show us who she really is. The problem, I don't think Rinna knows who she really is at this point beyond this caricature that she has created. Um, so maybe in a long roundabout way, I just kind of realized that like she, this is authentically her. I don't know. Maybe I think she created a character, a, a caricature, truly, and played it for so long that now she's become it, um, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think the the only way to to get the old Rena back is to like, I don't know, kill the new one. Okay, someone says Melissa or Teresa. Um neither. I I, I th that's the thing about Jersey for me. Like I'm not a, I'm not team anyone. Um I I am not team Melissa nor am I team Teresa because I don't really like either of them. Um I'm both team Jennifer and team Margaret because I do like both of them. Um it's kind of the only show, well no, Potomac 2. Those are the two where like it's it's difficult for me to take sides, but honestly that makes the viewing more fun in my opinion um i don't get as frustrated because like i'm i'm rooting for everyone and no one at the same time okay someone asks when you first met your husband did you know he was special and that you wanted to marry him and do you two plan on having children um yeah i knew right away that he was special um we we started dating and like got serious very fast i think we were living together within like three months um we were like basically playing dress up as lesbians. Uh, no, I'm kidding. We, but we did, we moved really fast and we were saying, I love you. I think within like a couple months. Um, 
And for me, it was really impactful because it was the first time I had ever dated a guy and like wanted to like bring him home to my family and like introduce them to people. And it wasn't that kind of like, oh, I'm still like half in the closet, kind of like keep this part of my my life private, you know? And so I think that was a big thing, knowing that that he was special enough to where I wanted to like, I, I, I didn't care about that anymore. I like didn't care about feeling any sort of I don't know shame or or like I needed to hide anything because up until that point like the only time my family had ever seen me in relationships was with women um so yeah so that was like super impactful um and in fact I I we I was making music um recording and and releasing music at the time when we met and uh I wrote a song at that time called crazy and the chorus the hook of the song literally just over and over again says you make me fucking crazy and not in like a you drive me crazy make me angry kind of way but like I feel like I'm crazy because like I'm so into you um so yeah I think that that (laughs) kind of says it all uh I'll I'll throw that song at the end of this episode actually so stick around and um if you listen through to the end I'll I'll play that song uh and do we want to have kids yes we do I've always wanted to be a dad and we're actually in the process of trying to adopt a baby so we are what is called home study approved that is essentially the process in which you you know go through all of the uh paperwork and legalese to um you know, to, to essentially have the state say, we have approved this person and they are, you know, signed off and legally acceptable to adopt a baby. So we are good to go. At this point, we just need to match with um, a woman who is pregnant and is, you know, wanting to give up their baby for adoption. So uh, we've had a couple matches or almost matches that like, you know, didn't didn't pan out. Um, but we're hopeful and we are still actively searching and hoping and and waiting and excited for when someone picks us so we've got our nursery already um uh, yeah i mean if if you uh or someone you know is pregnant and considering adoption or if you work in healthcare in a hospital and you know an er or a, a delivery room or you work in social work or or any situation uh that you might you know happen upon that you meet someone who was pregnant and considering adoption, um, please think of us, you know, unless listening to this podcast has completely uh, terrified you of the concept of me raising children. Um, But I swear that uh, my opinions on The Real Housewives and and all of that will in no way, shape or form, you know, uh, impact my parenting. Um, will I absolutely teach my baby how to throw a bottle of milk in their best friend at preschool's face? Yeah, absolutely. Will they be flipping their high chair over in anger? 100%. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. Okay, someone asked, what are five things you like about Erica Jane? And I I did read this one ahead of time, and I did promise this person that I would answer the question. Um, I haven't prepared these answers, though, so I'm going to be thinking of these on the fly. Uh, Number one. I I dig the fashion and the style risks that she takes. I don't always love her fashion. Um, in fact, if I had to choose between like she and Dorit, I think Dorit is more of like a like true 
like a, a true style icon. Like I think Dorit gets it, but I think that Erica takes more risks and she's maybe a little more fun. And um, I think she dresses more for like the shock value of it all. Whereas Dorit is really into like how something looks. So I love the, the fashion and the clothes and the looks and all of that. Um, I like her musicality. I appreciated getting to see someone uh, on the Housewives who was like working towards a music career. And it, it, I mean, yeah, it was like campy and clearly she was bankrolling all of it herself. Like she wasn't getting paid to go perform, but she was talented. She was good. And um, it was better than seeing like Kim Zolciak in the studio, you know? Um, okay, three, three. Oh my god, I've only done two, and I'm like already out of answers. Um, I like her like weird squeaky voice. I guess like, oh, I I love how she talks like this. Uh, that like wasn't my best Erica impression, but um, yeah, something about the tone of her voice like resonates with me. Um, what else? I like her um, little casita a la Gina that she's got now. Um, I think it's cute. I actually prefer it to her Pasadena uh, mausoleum or whatever. Um, yeah, I th so I think her, her little uh, guest house or wherever she's staying at is cute. Um, oh, she has a dog. I like that. All right, someone says, if you were a housewife, whose personality would you pick? Whose fashion sense would you pick? And what would your tagline be? Wow, triple whammy. Um, okay, so personality, Heather Dubrow, um, and I'm sorry, I know that that like offends all of the Kelly Dodd fans out there, but I, I am like a younger, blonder boy, Heather Dubrow. I, I, truly am and to know me is to love me um <laughs> i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> to love me is to to know me is to love me just the same way that everyone loves heather dubro <laughs> oh my god um i should have prepared answers uh fashion sense like i was just talking about dorit she kills it she is so on all the time um never misses for me and then what will your tagline be okay this is like my uh like etch it into my tombstone tagline i every time i'm on a podcast um and they ask this it's like my go-to answer pull it out of my back pocket so i'm no longer original or funny i'm just repetitive but this is my tagline and it is a, a turn of phrase that i have said in real life many a time when joking and or truly arguing with my husband. <clears throat> it's not that I always have to be right. It's just that I always am. That's really good, right? <laughs> okay, let's see what's next. You guys asked a lot of questions. Um, someone asked, sorry, who are you and what's your podcast? <laughs> Fuck you. Um... No, honestly, uh, who am I? No one. What's my podcast? Nothing. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. What do you think should happen to resurrect Roni? Which cast members should stay? Which should go? Who would you bring back? Any newbies you think should be added? You guys, these questions are so layered. I love you. Um, 
Okay, I, at this point, just with, like, how long it's taken them to, to like, get their shit together and, and whatever, I think that they should just scrap the whole two shows idea. Um, forget about the, like, new young Roni. Uh, do the, like, legacy, but just, like, have it be Roni and just have it be, like, you know, a... a, a you know, a comeback season, like bring back all of the heavy hitters. Like, you know, the B is back, but also like, you know, the D is back and the T is back. And like, you know, the L is still there. The R is still there. The S is still there. Um, who else? I mean, maybe the C, I don't know. If you followed all of that, then you are my people. Okay. Uh, what was the next part of that? Um, which cast members would you add? No, I mean, for me, again, it would be, like, only the the legacy people. Like, bring... Just have it be, like, the main... Play. Fucking bring bring Alex McCord back. Like, yeah. I, or or Van Campen. Simon... Alex and Simon Van Campen. Was her last name McCord? Yeah, Alex McCord and Simon Van Campen. Bring them back. Give me Johan all day long. <laughs> um, and then, I think, scrap... Like I said, scrap the, like... Roni with like the new young girls idea and then just do like a real girlfriends in New York and and like expand what what they're doing on that Paris show because despite you know the poor ratings it's a new show um and I think it's good and I think it's you know a formula we know and love but with like a, a different demographic the Real Housewives wasn't started to be about young 20 or 30 somethings even if they are housewives uh it was supposed to be about like drunk middle-aged bitches and that's what we want okay this is going to be my last question or i guess it's two this person says i have a couple what is your fave real housewives of potomac moment and which of them would you love to interview the most and then the worst dm you got from someone that wasn't housewives related oh yikes um okay i mean i get a lot of like weird uh like anti-LGBTQ DMs and comments and stuff. Not really on my podcast page, but, like, on my regular social media pages. Um, so I'm sure there's, like, some some nasty shit in there. Uh, but all in a day when you're gay. <laughs> and then um, Potomac. Okay, so... Wait, what was the question? It was, what was my favorite Potomac storyline, right? <laughs> Okay, okay, it was, what was your favorite Real Housewives of Potomac moment? And which of them would you love to interview? Um, my favorite, I mean, my favorite moment was the mime, you know? <laughs> the mime moment is amazing. Um, but Potomac is so good. And uh, I would love, love to interview Ashley Darby. Um, because I just know that she is unfiltered and she would be an open book if you like knew which pages to turn to, if that makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, then think about it. One of the best things about growing up in Arizona is that there's incredible Mexican food on every street corner. And you know what goes best with good Mexican food? Traditional Mexican horchata. Don't know what horchata is? It's creamy, delicious rice milk flavored with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Okay, you thirsty now? Me too. Luckily, even if you're far from the southern border, you can get your horchata fix every day with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a brand created by my good friend Tyler, who is even more obsessed with horchata and all things cinnamon than I am. He's developed all natural skincare products and more, crafted in California with ethically sourced ingredients and infused with real cinnamon. 
Have you heard of the antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, or antioxidant properties of cinnamon when applied to the skin? Or how about how it helps treat acne? What about how cinnamon promotes blood flow, helping with skin elasticity by bringing blood flow to the surface of the skin and helping to moisturize skin with all of that added circulation? Some of my personal favorite products from Sinmin are their signature lip balm that gives your lips a sweet tingle and a subtle natural plum, their all-natural deodorant developed for sensitive skin, and the Coco Chata body beverage that leaves your body hydrated and smelling like heaven. They even have candles and air fresheners to keep your entire home, car, or office smelling like your favorite dessert. With Sinmin, you'll enjoy all the benefits Cinnamon has to offer your skin and your senses. Visit Sinmin.com, that's S-I-N-M-I-N.com, and use code Blake at checkout for 15% off your total order today and receive free shipping on all orders over $50. That's code Blake for 15% off your order at Sinmin.com. I may have a black heart, but I can be sweet sometimes, and Sinmin definitely helps. Okay, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. On last week's episode, Dorit and Kyle are FaceTiming while Kyle's on set. They're catching up about Crystal's party, and Dorit's telling Kyle all about how Rinna left early. Kyle says she was already told by Rinna that the majority of the comments said by Kyle were towards her. Meanwhile, Erica has a therapy session dressed in full-on Miss Trunchbull cosplay. Like, for real, I'm all about a fresh-faced, makeup-free woman. And I think Erica's beautiful, I do. Um, it's just really jarring seeing her go from the super glam version of Erica Jane to whatever this version is. <laughs> Erica has her pretty mess hair pop-up shop, and the media is asking Erica all about Kathy Hilton's meltdown in Aspen. But how do they know about it? Hmm. So remember a month or two ago when Rinna and Sutton went on that lunch, and they were doing that like, I love you, but I hate you, you're sweet, but you're awful, little song and dance? Well, in the last few weeks, Erica has started singing along with Sutton. They're like, somehow mortal enemies, but also kind of besties? I don't know, I, I don't hate the idea of them having a friendship. Um, I just think it's time that they actually do it instead of talking about it, you know? I am so ready for Erica to give Sutton a cunty little makeover and invite her on stage to pat the kissing kitty cat face emoji, if you know what I mean. So the ladies are talking about how their men like them, glammed up or au naturel, and Rinna is saying that Harry likes her without the wigs and makeup, and I saw the funniest fucking tweet and it was like, yeah, duh, Harry likes Rinna with no makeup and her hair natural looking like Zac Efron. Rinna is so excited about her Tom Ford denim outfit that she rented, and you can just tell on Dorit's face that she's like, bitch, you're miked, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Rinna and Dorit then talk about how Rinna left Crystal's party early, and Dorit tells Rinna that Kathy acknowledged her behavior and she's not proud at all, and she apologized. But Rinna explains to Dorit that Kathy tried to silence her! What? Oh my god! Did she, did she threaten her? Did she serve her with a gag order? Did she hire a hitman? Oh, she just sent a couple texts? Well, they must have been really crazy texts, right? Oh, they were just totally normal and calm and really just asked Lisa to keep things quiet so Kathy and her sister's drama wouldn't explode again, causing a huge familial rift? Ah, got it. Kathy Hilton's a monster. The conversation goes on between Rinna and Dorit, and Rinna's continuing to act as if Kathy Hilton's meltdown was something beyond that of which you have ever seen on reality television. But like at this point, unless she straight up Jeffrey Dahmered someone in Kyle's Aspen house, 
I don't think it was nearly as bad as we're being led to believe. And, as I've already said on this podcast, I just don't think it could possibly be anything worse than what Rinna's done or said during her tenure on the show, which is why Rinna being the one who refuses to drop the bone is so ridiculous and, frankly, really fucking frustrating. They mention Kathy's insta-live that she did right after the Aspen trip where she denied anything went down, and Rinna points out how Kathy told the interviewer that she was alone in the house when Rinna was actually there with her. But, okay, hear me out. Could Kathy have been talking about the next day after everyone left? Like, remember, Kyle and Rinna packed up and left Aspen while Kathy was still in her room, so maybe that's what she was referring to. I don't know, I don't know, I'm just here to pick up the puzzle pieces and put them all together, that's all. So Dorit and Rinna head back to the group to make this conversation an even bigger, gossipier mess, and Rinna unpacks what went down. You know, the Billie Jean of it all. So apparently, Hilton requests the song, and the manager tells her to go back to LA, because Billie Jean is not Aspen's lover. <laughs> and Diana explains that Kathy didn't tip the guy, and that's how this works. Cherie tells the ladies that she had seen Kathy fuming that day earlier at Kimosabi, so she thinks that Kathy was already set off going into the club. And Rena acts as if this is brand new information. Her mind is blown. She has now realized that Kathy was upset over the Kardashian tequila. But like, bitch, you knew what you were doing ordering Kendall Jenner's 818. Like, you know what you did. Ugh. Anyways, Rinna refuses to tell the women what Kathy actually said about them, but she's happy to tell us in her confessional, and while I really don't believe any of the comments Rinna claims Kathy said, I did get a good laugh over Rinna calling Dorit a stupid, useless idiot. Like, that clearly came straight from Rinna's brain, right underneath that Zac Efron mop top of hers. Then Rinna condescendingly says she sent Kathy blessings in prayers, which leads Sutton to ask the big question, does Rinna pray? And the answer is yes, to Satan. But for real, Lisa Rinna is 1,000% the type of person who would sell her soul to the devil for something she wanted. Fame, money, her daughters to be A-listers, her kitchen to be rat-free. We then get a cute little scene of Sutton and Erica having Popeyes and sweet tea. And like, okay, usually with these little lunch scenes, like, I I'm astute enough to know at this point that they're not actually having a full-on sit-down lunch together like you or I would if we went out with friends. They're filming. It's a scheduled work thing. But in this scene, it literally felt like they were together for a total of five minutes. Like, even the food on the table is not touched when Erica leaves. Like, who leaves a Popeye's tender untouched? Of all the horrible things Erica has done, this one might be the worst. Kyle invites Kathy over, and they're both wearing very symbolic outfits. Kathy wearing a t-shirt that says, peace, and Kyle in an, I'm assuming, ironic sweater that says, I love Aspen. Like, it has to be satire, right? So the two sit down, and honestly, I thought their one-on-one -on -one was great. Um, I agreed with points that they both made, and I think that they both handled it really well. You know, they addressed the issues without allowing it to blow up and without allowing their dirty laundry to stank up the TV. I was impressed. I was satisfied. And I was relieved it was over. Then, Rinna arrives. This whole interaction was honestly so hard to watch for me. Rinna is so patronizing. She is so hypocritical. She's inappropriate, to be honest. I mean, her armchair therapist diagnosis of Kathy is so gross, truly, especially considering that Rinna has spent the entire season raging and then blaming it on grief and sadness and her mental state. So for her to insinuate that Kathy is the devil, that she has a black heart, that she needs mental help, and not show her any sort of grace or concern or empathy, and let's also compare it to how Rinna has handled Erica. 
when Erica has lashed out, when she's screamed at people, cussed them out, called them cunts, has Rena ever told her she has a black heart and she needs to get help? No, she pours her another shot, and not even of Casa del Sol. It's 818! The nerve. It's also really frustrating seeing Kyle sit there and watch Rena say these things to Kathy and not tell her to stop. Remember when Sutton told Diana that she was soulless and Kyle clawed her talons into Sutton's arm an inch deep? But go ahead and call her sister a black-hearted monster. No biggie. And while we're at it, can we just stop with all the negativity around black hearts? It's offensive to me. I've said it before and I will say it again. Having a black heart is better than having no heart at all like Rinna. So Black Heart Club, rise on up. So last week, the premiere of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Season 3 dropped. The opening scene is, this is high art, you guys. The way that they juxtapose those introductory confessional moments from the first season with all of the drama to expect this season, it's cinematic mastery. Like, if Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is not nominated for an Emmy Award this year, I'm starting a petition. Meredith and Jen are going hot tubbing, and Meredith somehow manages to wear her signature blazer look while in a hot tub. Meanwhile, Lisa and Heather are going out for lunch. My, how the tables have turned. Lisa needs advice from Heather on how to handle the situation with Meredith from last year. You know, hot mic gate. Heather tells her, despite whether or not Lisa thinks she was in the right or the wrong, she needs to apologize. She went after Meredith's family, and that is not okay. But back in the hot tub, Meredith is going after Lisa's family. <laughs> She's basically saying all the same things about Lisa that Lisa had previously said about her. Lisa's businesses are failing, she's a cheater, and she slept with men for money. And of course, Jen Shaw has heard all of the same things. Bad Weather gets together and, oh that rhymed, Bad Weather gets together and Whitney tells Heather that, my god, this is, <laughs> Bad Weather gets together and Whitney tells Heather, Bad Weather gets together and Whitney tells Heather, Bad Weather gets together and Whitney tells Heather. Oh, I'm actually better at that than I thought I was going to be. So, Bad Weather gets together and Whitney tells Heather that she has decided to be formally excommunicated from the church. And Heather has some questions, like what will removing your name from the records really change in your day-to-day -day life? But it's way more symbolic than that. It's about freedom, Heather! And all Whitney has to do to be free is go to fuckoffmormonism.com, or something like that. Then we meet the new Angie, Angie Kay, who knows all of the women from the Utah scene. They were probably all sister wives in the past or something. Jen is throwing Coach Shaw's birthday party at Angie's, and honestly, this party is fabulous. Her house is gorgeous. The view? Mwah. Heather says it's a big deal that Meredith and Lisa are both there, and she talks about how she thinks Meredith should at least have a conversation with Lisa regarding whether or not they can mend their friendship. But according to Meredith, Lisa hasn't reached out or said anything since the reunion. So is Lisa's desire to mend fences now for real, or is it for the show? But if it is for the show, isn't that kind of what she was supposed to do? Like, Lisa's a professional, you know? Had she apologized off camera, we would be pissed. Jen gives a little speech for Coach's birthday, and she says that this birthday means more than any other because they can still celebrate it together. So is she, like, fully preparing to go to prison? Like, she knows that next year's birthday celebration is going to look a little different? Seth and John have a super awkward conversation, followed by Seth and Lisa having an even more awkward conversation. It's all very awkward. You can tell that there is a lot of really deep wounds here. This isn't just a TV friendship that ended. This was a real friendship, and the feud between the wives is affecting both families. And it's quite sad, but 
damn, is it going to be a good season. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to an all-new episode of Blonde Hair Blackheart. If you're not already, make sure to follow me on social media, at Blonde Hair Blackheart, and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to give me a five-star rating or review. Until next time, bye. Insane. You're the blood flowing through